0: Sue Meyer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Meyer. Today we're gonna be talking about uh, (laughs) um, the effects of anesthesia and how to counteract that or help with homeopathy. One of the best known anesthetics ever of all time was called chloroform. It was actually discovered in 1831 it had an anesthetic nature and was realized only in 1847 by a Scottish obstetrician named James Simpson. He soon began using it in his surgeries and in childbirth. Large-scale chloroform production began in 1850s and then it was in about let's see here 1848 they started to have they started to see that it was it could be actually dangerous. So like a year after they started making it and using it it they realized that maybe it was dangerous <laughs> um, Queen Victoria actually used it for the birth of her eighth child and she loved it okay so the women who were given chloroform loved this stuff and so anyway in 1848 a uh, 15 year old girl actually was given an overdose and so they started to realize that it could be dangerous they also started to realize that it had a it was potentially a carcinogen and that it could result in kidney and liver cancer And then, so according to these findings, chloroform's medicinal use was eventually discontinued. So I will tell you, up until about maybe 30 or 40 years ago, you could get it quite readily at veterinary offices and things like that because it's still allowed for use in veterinary situations. I say veterinary situations, it's still used for veterinary surgeries and other situations like that. According to Science Struck, it was kind of funny because you surf the web, you know. (laughs) I don't know. There's different sites. Some of them are are really actually pretty good. And then I like to kind of compare them. So the one I pulled some information from here, I found it really, really interesting that chloroform can still be used legally as a local anesthetic and a solvent in dentistry. Okay, especially in the root canal procedures. Now we all know that root canals well anyone who follows like the natural format of things in this country or, or actually around the world, um many dentists will tell you that root canals are perfectly safe. There's nothing wrong with them oh my gosh, don't pull your teeth, just do a root canal, you'll be fine. Well, I think it was one of my friends that's really big into natural everything said that they know that 80% of all root canals, from the the time you get that root canal, your health starts to disintegrate or something happens. I will tell you, you guys all know that I had a root canal back about 25 years ago. I didn't know. I didn't know you know, you you trust your dentist. I didn't know there was even such a thing as natural dentistry at that time. And I allowed them to do a root canal on me through, actually I had a cap on and they, they went through the cap and did the root canal. I, you're right. I know. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, they did the root canal and I went home and that very night I started snoring. I had never snored up until that point. And I was actually pregnant for my, one of my middle children. And I just, you know, I just, oh, I wish I was smarter back then. Point. That's why I'm talking about this. I know it's not legal. Like chloroform isn't used as an anesthetic so much like in the medical industry. But here it is in dentistry. And it's allowed. They actually, they have, you know, when they do the root canal, they actually have what they call the gutta percha. And that is what they stick down into the, the root canal. They actually um, soak most of the... The procedures are the chloroform softened. In other words, they take this gutta percha, this this endodontics that they're going to stick down into the root canal area. After they've cleaned this out, and they're going to put it down into the nerve area. They soak this gutta percha in chloroform to soften it, and then they they put that they they put that into that area, and then the rosin acted as a glue. And that makes it swell, and then they put the rosin in there and the mass, and then it sticks to the canal walls down in or up in this root canal area. This method is taught only with modern, minor modifications in Sweden. The high degree of evaporation and the, f- the fluid nature of the rosin solution led to the development of chloropercha. So it's it's very it's very common that they that they do this. This chloroform may also be used to customize master percha cones. This has been popularized form of treatment in root canals. It's They say that the amount of chloroform that they're using is very, very small, but it has little shrinkage and so on and so forth. And they say it's a really safe way to use chloroform. But the point is, is this is coming into the tissues of your body. It has a direct, we all know that every tooth in our head has a direct link to a particular organ. It's in our system, all right? So you're going to have effects whether they get all the bacteria out or anything else that's going on everything has an effect on us so anyway i just wanted to tell you that it is still used it's used in refrigerant okay um you know when they come in and they have to put in refrigerant in your vehicle or in your refrigerator chloroform is used in that it's used in a lot of different things and again like i said it's used in veterinary procedures And so it's still used. It's around. It is actually very volatile. And so it's used as a heat transfer medium in fire extinguishers. It's used in dyes and pesticides. It's used as a fumigant of stored grain crops. It destroys bacteria, viruses, and pests by chlorination. It's used as an industrial solvent for fats, waxes, resins, oils, greases, adhesives, photography, and dry cleaning. It's it's used a lot. It's used as <laughs> for euthanasia for animals, okay. So I just wanted to tell you that it is around, okay? Um, it's used, oh, it's used by criminals to subdue a knockout or kidnap or even <laughs> their victims. Um, I'm just saying that it's it is around. And the thing is is once we have these chemicals, they're used, they're all around us. And so I the only reason I'm telling you, I mean like I said even though it's not used as an anesthesia anymore, it's still around. It's we are still being exposed to these different chemicals. So when we're looking at the homeopathic remedies that can help with anesthetics, I just want you to know that if you're exposed to something and you don't know what you were exposed to, I'm I'm telling you this so that you can look at the symptoms because in homeopathy we always treat the symptoms of disease or illness or never well since that's what we're looking at and so because these these chemicals and these things have been used you know they they are used in anesthesia but they've they're used all around us in carpet carpeting how many people do you know get new carpet in their house and they're sick like crazy for 6 months it's just it's really quite frightful what's allowed to be put around us anyway so i like for those of you listening to my podcast right now, you don't have this printable in front of you. But for our members, you can go to the printable. I've actually put all of this different information into the printable. It's like 10 pages long. You don't have to print out the whole thing. <laughs> but it is interesting to read some of this this information and the symptoms that, that chloroform can cause. And like I said, we're being exposed to all these different things all around us. And I also put on this little list here, some of the other different things that we are exposed to. I know if you read John H. Clark, he talks about chloral hydrate being a, one of the top anesthetics of his day. In his repertory, or his Materia Medica, it's called Croton Chloral, but today we would find it as butyl chloral hydrate, which is a bitter crystalline obtained as a byproduct from manufacture of chloral hydrate. Chloral hydrate is for short-term use as a sedative or sleep medicine, it is sometimes given before surgery to help you relax. Chlorohydrate may be used to treat alcohol withdrawal symptoms, relieve anxiety. It's a, Like I said, it's a sedative, also a hypnotic. It slows the activity of the central nervous system. This medicine has both fast-acting and long-lasting sedative effects. Again, it's for short-term use. That's why it makes it such a good anesthetic. And it is actually used in many of the anesthetics that are on the market today. Some of the important information you should know about it is that it also can cause severe kidney or liver disease. And that seems to be like a common denominator for all of these anesthetics is kidney and liver issues. So if we go down to what they're using today, a general anesthetic is what? It's a medicine that renders a patient reversibly unconscious and unresponsive in order to allow surgeons to operate on the patient. General anesthetics are normally... Administered intravenously or by inhalation by a specialist called an anesthesiast. Um, so they monitor their patient's vital signs, breathing, heart rate, blood pressure, temperature during the procedure. While under general anesthesia, a patient is unable to feel pain and will likely wake with some short term amnesia or memory loss. Experts are unsure exactly how general anesthetics work. Doesn't that just make you feel confident in the procedures of surgery? <laughs> So anyway, I've listed a general uh, list of anesthetics and I've, and I went, I followed the links from here. this is actually, I took this from, I do have the website listed here, but I, I followed the links to tell you a little bit about what they are. I think this website listed general anesthetics has listed about 10 different commonly used anesthetics. One of them is called Brevital, and I followed that, and that's just a it's a barbiturate. This medicine slows the activity of your brain and nervous system, and then it has the generic name. Diprivan is another one has also the generic name, but it's a negative brain effect from anesthesia. And then I also have two reviews from this below because there are twenty one reviews on this website from this particular the, this particular anesthetic. One, the first review just basically says he was. He went under the knife for nasal pharynx surgery and he had an allergy to this he did know that he had an allergy and he warned his anesthetic about this and he still had a very very adverse reaction the second one said that he was experienced he experienced dementia and delirium even eight weeks post surgery then again dementia stages within a year and again two days of delirium at that time then he had an episode about three to five days of dementia even later even as far long as four years later so it's really really interesting if you you know you're going to get surgery ask the doctor what kind of anesthetic you're going to get and make suggestions because i'm telling you some of these are pretty bold um there's another one here the um, pentothal an ultra short-acting depressant of the central nervous system that induces hypnosis and anesthesia but not analgesia. And then again, the generic name. Propaven slows the activity of your brain and nervous system. It's also used to re- help you relax before and during general anesthesia for surgery or other medical procedures. And it just continues on. And it's really, really interesting. Obviously, it slows the brain, has negative effects on the nervous system. So when we Willingly go under anesthetics or anesthesia. This this is what we're doing to our bodies All right, I grant you sometimes we the, you know, we need surgery We absolutely have to have these procedures at times, but you need to be aware of what it's actually doing to your body For the most part, you know people say oh, I don't have a problem. Not not problem one when I went through surgery Didn't I didn't have any after effects whatsoever. Well, even if you don't have any after effects that you notice it's still a really good idea to take a homeopathic remedy to help your body get that out. Do you see what I'm saying? I always like to take silica. Silica is an excellent cell salt to just help get things out of your body that we don't want there. All right. I didn't even list silica on my list here, but it's always something to get help to get things out of your body. And oddly enough, you go through time and you, if you look at all the different materia medicas for the past hundred years. Every, there's not very many things listed for, an, for effects of anesthesia. John H. Clark, he lists croton chloral, carasolinum, which is kerosene, and plumbum. And then antidote to anesthetics, he lists only one, acetic acidum, which is basically vinegar. And so I've actually gone through and I've taken the chloral hydratum. And what would be some of the symptoms that you would use this remedy for? to get rid of, like if post anesthetic, right? So for this remedy, some of the things that you might experience would be hallucinations, hearing voices or seeing visions, sweating easily, sudden dyspnea, or in other words, severe shortness of breath, um, can inhale but not exhale. That's an interesting rubric there, can inhale but not exhale. Marked action on the respiratory system the brain, eyes, urinary and sexual organs and skin, red blotches with palpitations causing pain in the tendons and extensors, surface of the body, stone cold. And you'll notice that with all of these, um, these different drugs, that the symptoms, a lot of coldness, cold hands, cold feet, body cold. For the kerosene, the kerosolinum is, um, It's good for anesthesia, asphyxia, convulsions, delirium, ecstasy, and laughter. Not that they use kerosene for an anesthetic, but at the same time, someone could have anesthetic-type symptoms from having been exposed to kerosene. These are one of the things. The petroleum products are very deadly, you guys. Kerosene petroleum, all of those things are very, very deadly. And the funny thing is, is everybody loves to sniff gas, don't they? Because it has a pleasurable kind of intoxication. And so therefore, a lot of people are actually asphyxiated with kerosene product. There can be a muscular rigidity with this, asphyxia, an intermittent pulse, breathing checked during convulsions. So use, you know, it's kind of nice to have these remedies on hand. So that you can, you have them so that you can use them to counter the effects of anesthesia, chemical toxicity, especially the petroleum products and the chloral hydrate products and things like this that we're exposed to all the time when we have symptoms from them. And yes, we seem to get better. But you know what? If you can just help your body to nix those effects, bam, immediately, then you're going to be better off. He also lists plumbum. Plumbum is iron. With, with this, there's the distinct blue lines along the margins of the gums. And so that's really, that's the main keynote that you're going to look at. And if you see this in a person, don't hesitate to give this remedy. The tongue can be tremulous with a red margin or on the, a margin on the, the outside of the tongue red, and they can't put it out. So you say, stick out your tongue. Let me say, ah, they can't do it. Okay, so that's a sign that they need plumbum. It seems to be paralyzed. The tongue does. Loud motion of the lower jaw and frightful grinding of the teeth, cramps, spasms, progressive muscular trophy. So, then if you go to Murphy's clinical repertory and look up anesthesia, poisoning, ailments from, he has a list of remedies here, and they're acetic acid, which is again is vinegar, ammonium carbonicum, ammonium causticum, am- amyl nitrate, carboveg, hepar sulph hypericum, phosphoric acid, and phosphorus. And if you look up each and every one of those, they're going to have the keynotes, the main rubrics for those remedies. I've actually only taken a couple. um, I've gone down and I've elaborated on a couple of these remedies, but it's important that all of you do understand that all of these remedies can be very helpful in a situation of toxicity. For anesthetic vapors, antidotes would be acetic acid, ammonium causticum amyl nitrate, heprosulf, and phosphorus. Weakness from anesthesia, acetic acid, hypericum, and phosphorus. Now, when we think of hypericum, I always think of hypericum mainly for especially like spinal taps and epidurals. Hypericum is amazing because that has such a direct hit on the nerve endings. But hypericum is always going to be excellent for anything That has to do with an anesthetic because what's it doing? It's affecting the nervous system. Hypericum is the main nerve remedy that we always want to look at. And acetic acid is the one that everybody says is definitely one to have on hand, a remedy to have on hand for any sort of anesthetic issues. This is the one that you would use for dullness, grogginess since anesthesia. It antidotes the effects of anesthesia. There can be memory problems or chronic fatigue, profound anemia. Clark, and I, you know, I was so funny because when I'm looking at this remedy, I know I've known so many young people and I can actually remember I kind of fell for this (laughs) like once or twice. I'm like, oh no, I can't do that. That burns my stomach. But back. Girls like to do these fad diets and things like this. And so they're always looking for something natural. If they can find something natural, let's just do it, right? Well, if you open the Clark's Materia Medica and read under Aceticum Acidum, this is the story you're going to hear. Actually, Murphy rewrites it in his Materia Medica. It's a very famous little story here, but Clark says, A plump and blooming young woman took a small glass of vinegar daily to reduce her size. She soon lost flesh and color. In a month, a cough set in with white concocted phlegm and fever. Dyspnea, in other words, shortness of breath. Night sweats and anorexia. She lost her appetite as well. Dropsy, in other words, there's fluid filling her lower extremities. Diarrhea and eventual death. Within a month, all of these things took place. The lungs after death were found stuffed in non superating tubercles. That's from drinking a small glass of vinegar daily to reduce her size. So please, moms, explain to your kids that, you know, these little fads that, that people like to get into and say, oh, drink this. This is really good for you all the time. Just be aware of the fact that it can have a profound effect on the tissues of the body. We're not, we're not supposed to be running around drinking tons of vinegar, guys. <laughs> okay, so just be aware of that. I had to throw that in here because back when that was going on, I knew it didn't seem right. Is, I just It doesn't seem right. We can have pickles or we can have other things with our meals, but to drink a glass of vinegar every day? I don't think so. Okay, so another remedy that's really, really good for anesthesia is CarboVeg. This one is, the specific keynotes for this one is excessive accumulation of gas in the stomach and intestines. The stomach feels full and tests intense from flatulence great pain in the stomach on account of the flatulence worst especially lying down That's why after surgery the nurses will say we got to get you up got to get you moving get that gas moving That's a carbo-veg moment. All right, so we have acetic acid for that dull Groggy feeling and now we have carbo-veg for that excessive Accumulation of gas in the stomach and in the intestinal area and then we have phosphorus which is a very important remedy for anesthesia as well. It's an antidote to phosphoric poisoning, which is um, like turpentine, and it forms an insoluble mass. Hunger with great weakness and faintness. Profound effects on on the nutrition, function of all tissues of our body, notably the hardest and softest, bone and nerve and blood, irritation, weakness, exaltation of all senses, and later typhoid state and fatty degeneration. So this is a really, really good one when it affects the appetite and the actual systems of the body when there's a never-well-sense anesthesia. So those are the ones that I've pulled out and just kind of highlighted because they're so, so important. If you have these on hand, you're going to do well, okay? Um, You never want to have surgery if you can avoid it, but obviously we can't always avoid surgery, and it's such a uh, scary enough, it's such a modern it's a part of our modern life nowadays. Everybody's going in for surgery, this or that. But in, with homeopathy, we try to avoid it as much as we can, right? <laughs> but if you can't avoid it, these are the remedies to have on hand. Hypericum, like I said, anything nerve. Acidic acid for dull, drog, dullness, grogginess. CarboVeg for that excessive accumulation of gas in the stomach. And you're going to use veg anyway. It's like nitrous oxide. Somebody goes in, they have the happy nose put on, you know, that's going to be a really good remedy for that as well. It helps to get it out of the body, that halogen. And so anytime anybody has anything, please give them a homeopathic remedy and phosphorus as well. All right. With that, I, like I said, I know this has been a really short podcast. There's not a whole lot to say about anesthesia, but do have these remedies on hand and do understand that you're exposed to anesthetic and toxic chemicals all around us and they do have an effect on our brain and nervous system and we can take remedies to help counter them all right may god bless you and yours thanks for listening to this episode of homeopathy for mommies radio show please visit sue on her website homeopathyformommies.com and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.